I'll go to Sam first, I think. That's the order I wrote the questions in. Yeah, that was that's usually how it works. Yeah. <laughs> you assume any of us know how it works except you, Fran. We have this yeah, conversation every week. I'm the organised one, the least organised person. Welcome to episode 64 of the Picky Bastards podcast. It's a podcast where we listen to music albums. It's kind of like a book club, but it's not really a book club. Instead, <laughs> we listen to music, music albums. So it's like music a, a music, maybe it's like a music club. I don't yeah. know. Except we don't dance, I guess. Unless maybe you guys are dancing the whole time. I'm dancing the entire time. So I don't yeah. know about you two. I mean, I'm so, I'm so confused by everything you just said. <laughs> um, don't know what to say. Well, you've heard them both already, but <laughs> I'm I'm joined by uh, Fran and Sam, the uh, usual usual other members of the podcast. Hello, hello. Hi, Matt. Good intro, How's mate. How's it going? Uh, yeah, good. Ready good. to talk I'm about looking some forward music? to getting into this. Today. I feel like we agreed an awful lot, and I'm predicting that might not happen. This time, last time we did today, I'm not sure. So yeah, well, I think this time we have quite a mix of music, and I'm going to run through the albums albums we're covering this time. Um, and so the albums we're covering are Unknown Mortal Orchestra's album Five, the Lancome album False Lancome, the new <laughs> the new Boy Genius, which is the record. Daniel Caesar's Never Enough. Um, we have our classic, which is from Augustus Pablo, with King Tubby's Meets Rockers Uptown. And then at the end, we don't have an album. We have a playlist, and that's going to be presented by me, and I'm going to tell you why I love Fatboy Sun. Okay? Nice. All Thanks set. for introducing the music albums. <laughs> the music, whatever kind of albums, are, there's other kinds of albums. There's all there kinds are, of albums. Yeah, Football photo albums. albums, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, shit podcast on reviewing photo albums. Um <laughs> We'll describe them all. <laughs> this one's a really nice picture. Yeah, okay. Let's move on. Well again. let's get started. Um Sam, I'm gonna start with a question for you. Yes. What album had the most uh or was the most atmospheric and was it too much at any point? Yeah, so Every time you ask these questions, Matt, I always like question if I've listened to the right playlist or not. Because like <laughs> I always wonder like where have you pulled these questions from? They must just be random because I'm like I didn't think any of this was very atmospheric, but I think the one I've gone with is um Five by Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Um I th- I think it's more that it has the best consistent mood and consistent atmosphere from start to end i think it's one of the best kind of um examples of of taking a kind of feeling right through from start to end um at first it kind of felt like an album that was like sampling other sounds and other songs um the the vocal production is really um it has this like hazy quality it's very kind of like 70s or like even earlier sounding in the way that it's produced um and i think that really works on songs like weekend run and meshuga 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 i can't think how that's said one one of them it has this like timeless quality to it um and I, i really enjoyed kind of like the production and the the way that they kind of navigate like hooks across those songs. I think when this album gets it right, it really nails it and it, it really shines. I think the issue is, is that for the most part, it it's, it just kind of feels a bit on endless. It, it goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And whether or not the album is actually really long, I think it's like an hour, mm-hmm. but it feels like a slog to get through. It feels, it, I feel exhausted by the end of this album. Um, and I, I think it's those long instrumental tracks where it doesn't really feel like much development's happening. Um, I think like The Widow and Shin Ramyun, mm. they kind of bring the album to a halt, um, which I, I, I think in the end, that atmospheric 
mood that I feel like it's setting, I think it becomes too too much for it to be like a worthwhile listen overall. So I think if that answers that specific question that you originally asked, probably not. Um, but that was what I went for. <laughs> I, I think that works. Yeah. yeah what what do you works. reckon, Fran? Well, I, I think before I can talk about Unknown Mortal Orchestra, you're going to have to ask me my question for this week because I um, I've chosen the same one and I literally can't change it now because I talk about my answer too much. Okay. <laughs> so so my question your, your question was, <laughs> what was most sparse and was it too yeah. sparse at any point? Okay. So because I, I, I literally have written down a definition of sparse. Talk about the name of Mortal Orchestra. Normally I'd try yeah. to think up an answer in my head when someone's chosen my one, but I can't. So we'll just have to decide a different way to run the podcast. This yeah. Week. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> So basically, my answer to that question about which one is too sparse or which one is the most sparse and is it too sparse? Um, I think when you asked me the question, Matt, a lot of time when people talk about music being sparse, they're talking about it being really quiet. A lot of the time they're talking about it being acoustic music, very sort of gentle. Um, but the diff- dictionary definition of sparse <laughs> refers to something <laughs> being thinly dispersed or scattered. And I think that this unknown Mortal Orchestra album is the answer because of that. I do think it's really weirdly dispersed and scattered, um, both in terms of the quality of the songs, but also in terms of the songs that are actually songs. Um, And I think Sam's touched on some of what I'm getting at here. But I think there would be times when I was really enjoying the album. And I think it starts really well. I think the first really songs are all kind of pretty funky, but quite chilled. It's the kind of music that you'd be you'd really enjoy at a festival, um, really late at night. I think when you don't have to think about it too much. But then other times, I it, I think, why the fuck am I listening to an album of lift music? The 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 instrumental instrumental songs that Sam's already mentioned are, are are so sparse in themselves that there's nothing about them, and the regularity with which they pop up on the album, or the ones that sound almost instrumental makes the whole piece feel quite sparse as well. Um, So I think it's a shame because I think songs like That Life um, is great and has a lot of energy. And then you go for a really dry, boring set of songs like The Widow and Shin Ramyun, which uh, Sam mentioned both of those. They're just, yeah, they're really sparse. They're really lifeless. And it's kind of hard to keep going through them, uh, like remembering there's more interesting ones. But there's also like non-instrumental songs like Layla, which again is really bare um, and really seems to be missing something. It made me think of like a soundtrack for Come Dine With Me more than anything that someone would want to listen to. Um, and in the end, like I think it's, I do think it's a shame because I mean, I'm sounding like I hate this album, but I do think it has really good moments. I think, um, yeah, that life and a couple of songs around that spot are really good. The opening couple of songs are really good, but then even some of the songs that aren't lift music are really annoying. Like we can run when he just sings Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday all the time. I just shut up, stop, stop singing it. Um, and then in the end, I felt it was really, it was really fitting that the final song was called Drag, because by the time you get to the end of the album, it's felt like it's gone on forever. Um, there's too many lift songs. Just want to get out the lift, turn the music off. Um, and so yeah, in the end, I've wanted to listen to this band for a while. I've heard good things about them, but I think this was enough to say. Despite four or five really good songs, I don't think I'll listen again. So yeah, a shame, really. What about you, Matt? Why'd you yeah. I, well, I want to start by saying that your semantic question is insane. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't take you. just the fact that it says scattered and then apply a different a definition for yeah, scattered. No, but none of them the were sparse, mate. <laughs> so sounds uh, right about your questions. Although I think your atmospheric question, I I think there is a good answer for that. But um, yeah, the sparse I, one so, isn't. I would agree with Sam. I thought this was very atmospheric. It it did have a certain consistent feel to it. Um, it did make me want to kind of lie down on a beach on a sunny day, especially with like the opening tracks, like uh, the garden was so hazy and that kind of the drippy guitars and that kind of grab you. Um, and I feel like it is that thing of this production style, the, the way they've gone about the album, they've kind of gone all in on that. Um, which is very, it's very rich. And I think uh, opposite to sparse, I found it very dense and sometimes over, over, like overwhelming and too mm-hmm. much. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, this is, this is where I, I was like, um, 
broadly i i enjoyed the album quite a lot i i i had a lot of like positive feelings about this album um but there were times where i just found it a little bit too syrupy um but compared to like the other the other artists i think about when i think about this kind of psych rock genre like tame impala and war on drugs and their past five years worth of albums i haven't really connected to at all and i liked some of their previous stuff and but this i connected with a, a lot more to um i connected with a lot more i found a lot more interesting stuff within it especially when they some of the songs with a bit more soulful bent to them like uh review and nadja mm. um but it does yeah like like you say it does drag a little bit it gets a little long not all of the not all of the instrumentals uh songs i i thought were, were bad though um they, they are Kaha. <laughs> you're right <laughs> that one that one was really nice it was really pretty yeah. um but yeah i'd be i'd be i feel like this album would be fantastic with just a little bit of extra trimming just get rid of some of the, mm. the dead weight and some of the fat and then it would be perfect um but Fair yeah enough. okay well we've answered all of our questions already we've got, <laughs> got to think of a new way to do this now. <laughs> four yeah. more albums to go so i'm just gonna i'm gonna come to fran you would be next anyway and you're gonna yeah. tell me an album um that you actually enjoyed listening to okay um there were two that i did like quite a lot um shall i go shall i go full on for the best one um whatever you want yeah. I'll, I'll talk about boy genius um the record so yeah to to paraphrase sam on the last episode uh, i think this is probably the best album of the year so far for me um it does have strong competition from the anna b savage album but other than that this is way ahead of the pack i will sort of temp, temp, tamper that slightly with the fact that there's not been that many great albums this year but um i do really like the boy genius one i mean you, you both know how excited i was for it um mm. And it delivered everything I wanted it to. And I think with a few nice surprises along the way as well. Um, I think everyone, you, you, you both knew I would love the Phoebe-led songs. And I do think they are some of the best on offer here. I think um, Emily I'm Sorry is the closest to her solo work. And, and it is a standout here. Um, and I love Letter to an Old Poet, the closing song. I think it's an extremely gorgeous, emotional song. And it is a nice surprise for anyone who is a, a fan of Boy Genius because it harks back to... Me and my dog from the EP, um, mm. and I think there's a real like sense of growth and progression in the song and in, and in Phoebe herself at that point. So that, that was really good. Um, but I think the biggest surprise for me about the record, um, and a, a really pleasant surprise, was actually how Phoebe kind of takes a back seat in a way. Um, I think she's now like much more so than when the EP EP came out. She's the biggest star here, and the situation as a band is very different. I think the could have been a temptation to let her sort of take the reins and become kind of the lead singer. But I think they really resist that. And I think that that really sums up how they are as a band. And I, I think in the end, for me, it's Lucy, Lucy Dacus who kind of steals the show on the album. Um, I like her solo music, but not as much as I like Phoebe's. Um, and I think True Blue, Leonard Cohen, and particularly We're In Love, I think they're the strongest moments of, of Lucy's career so far. Um, I think We're In Love is the standout track on, on this whole playlist and, and probably one of the best songs we've had on the podcast in, in quite a while. Um, really nice storytelling. Her voice sounds amazing on it. Um, but, yeah, um, but yeah, even saying that's a standout, there aren't any letdowns on the album for me. I think every song's strong. I think they're showing a lot more versatility now, versatility now than they did on the EP. I really like Cool About It. Um, when I heard it, I thought it was it sounded like a Paul Simon song. So it was funny to read in the in the sleeve notes that they thank him for the inspiration for the song. Um, and yeah, even Julian Baker, whose solo, solo stuff I'm not that into at all. I think she she kills it here too. I think Twenty Dollars is really good. Not strong enough is good. Satanist is good. So yeah, great song after great song. Um, I think. Two of them at least make better music with Boy Genius than they do on their own. And I think there's just something really refreshing about the way they work together as well, the sort of space they give each other. It kind of reminds me of seeing self-esteem on stage in a way. Mm. I feel like the way they sort of work together and, and lift each other up. So, yeah, I, I love this. Um, leading my album of the year list at the minute, I would say. But um, we'll see. There's still some time. Um, yeah, that's me on Boy Genius, I suppose. Mm. Um I want to jump in because yeah, you just on something. Yeah. 
something you said at the end where you said yeah. uh, two of them are making better music um, yeah. with Boy Genius, and okay. I, I I disagree. The, my first my first thing that I wrote as my notes is really the prior EP felt like they were uh, it was greater than the sum of the parts that went mm -hmm. into it. I, I felt like all of them bought like something extra and it made something unique and interesting. And this really felt like they, inc like it felt more like they lent into their own individual like proclivities where before they would like round out each other's weaknesses. This time it just was like, oh, here's a Phoebe song or uh, here's a Lucy Dacus song. And I, I just wasn't, wasn't that enthralled by it. I was uh, pretty disappointed. Um, there are, there, there is a lot of good songs within it mm. and still, um, and I think you mentioned a bunch of them already. Um, I liked the opener with the acapella uh, nature of the song um, and not strong enough is like super soaring and like very like anthemic. Um, but I think you can really t like tell the, the, like the, how much the album sticks around and um but like i was just looking on spotify the, the number of listens and mm. the the first half of the album has 10 to 20 million uh listens per song and then the bottom half has three to five and they're all the singles really... just to yeah. throw a spoke in your terrible I know, logic I know. they're all the singles but like but they're the they're the ones that are actually interesting and it, it is just like they've made a bunch of singles and then they've tacked on some other songs at the end. Um, and no, all of the singles are that interesting. So I, I was, I was like having seen them live, having mm. I really enjoyed the EP before. And I walk away from this being like, Oh, I can create another EP from this that I may, I'll maybe like, but really I, I don't think it's shown growth that much as a, as a collective. And um, so, yeah, pretty disappointed. Just to chip in, I, I think I agree. I, I know what you're saying, like in terms of the songs that are just like their own proclivities, but I feel that's just a few of the songs. I think there's quite a few songs where they do mix it, but I do know what you're saying. And I'm also glad I knew you would feel differently. I'm glad we finally disagreed on an album for the past yeah. three hours. So, that's good. <laughs> but let's see what Sam thinks. Well, I'm going to agree with one of you. So, yeah. Who, well, you could disagree with both of us and say it's just meh. That'd be fun. Uh, no, th truly, this this has been the record of the last month for me. Like in terms yeah, yeah, yeah. of this whole playlist, this genuinely got me through. Um, I don't want to downplay everything <laughs> else, but this is so far ahead as the best thing on this playlist. This album is so so good. I I, I disagree with you, Fran. I think this is the best thing all three of them have done. I would say this, really? is, this is better than Punisher. Better than Punisher. I, I, I think it is an interesting album. I, I, I think that opening run of songs, every single song just gets better than the last. $20 is a, an amazing way to kick off an album. Emily, I'm sorry, it's just, mm. it would be a highlight on Punisher already. Never mind what follows it on this album. I think True Blue is the moment I was like, wow, this is yeah, not is at all what, I was actually expecting that this is so much more than what I was expecting going in. And I, I agree that I think Lucy Dacus steals the show on this, mm. this record. I think her performance across the whole album is just phenomenal. And I think those, those songs you picked out are all highlights and cool about it. It recalls Paul Simon and puts them next to Paul Simon in such an obvious mm. way. And yet, I kind of, it makes me then go, I can kind of see them as a Paul Simon type songwriter right now. I, I feel like right now, that's what they are being in the current popular music place. I, I feel like they're bringing that kind of old school mentality of a songwriter into the mainstream. And I think mm -hmm. I, I, at that point, I was like, well, this album can't get any better than this. And then tracks like Satanist and Leonard Cohen are just so, so good. And for me, Not Strong Enough is the best song here. It's the best song of this year so far. It's wow, like, wow, wow. that song has been in my head since the day I heard it. And every verse, Phoebe's verse, just kind of 
soars. Then Julian's verse just goes one higher. And then that final verse that Lucy Dacus delivers is just such a moment. And it feels like it feels like a timeless record. And mm. for me, that is the biggest takeaway from this whole album is that, Matt, you mentioned last month about when we were talking about Gracie Abrams kind of, will it define this current sound? Will it do this? I, I think this album is the album of this whole era. I, I think it's going to be this wow. generation's album that is like remembered in that way. And even more so than I would say, maybe even the Taylor Swift Folklore album, which was like hugely successful, hugely ridiculously mm. successful, made her into a very different star to where she was before. But I just, I feel like this is going to be that album that, that pulls us off. I, I think this is going to be number one on every single list at the end of this year. I think yeah. it's going to be wow. so far ahead. I think, I honestly think that they're going to win album of the year at the Grammys next year. I, I don't know why wow. I'm kind of feeling that, but it, it kind of sums up all of those things. Whether or not mm. it's sounding like a good thing to the people that love these three artists, it might be that they've gone too too far into that lane and they've, they've kind of broken too far out. And maybe that's what Matt's pulling from here of this feeling of their... It's less... It may, maybe it's less interesting than what they've had previously. Maybe it's less different. But I, I do think this is going to be like an era-defining album. And wh whether or not it ends up as like my album of the year or not, I, I don't I don't feel like it will. But I just think that this will be something that 10 years from now will be put alongside Golden Hour, Casey Musgraves, will be put alongside Folklore as these kind of like, will be put alongside that Nolana Del Rey album, Norma fucking Rockwell. I think it will be in that space of this sort of sound and will be seen as a kind of defining album of the era. Um, okay. It's so good. So good. Um, you liked it then, Sam? Just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you wish you got like a ticket I with me to now. a different album. I, I really want to go see them. Uh, yeah, I was sure that all three of us would like this. I was like, if, uh, I feel like I this thought is Matt would be like the it first more than one the all three of us have on vinyl when we record the podcast. Mm. But yeah. I, I, I did yeah. think Matt would like it more than he does, but then I also did think that um, I did think he, you would have some of the issues that you have with Matt. Um, and I think I get it. I get the like, um, and Sam, you made a really good point there about like maybe it's become slightly less, they're slightly less interesting. What they what they're on their own in a way, it's less yeah. individual. But I think that's the feel that the band has. And when I talked mm. about them reminding me of self esteem, sometimes I think that's what I like about it is like when they come together, they might do something that's a bit more euphoric and a bit more close to the mainstream but it's like that's what they're doing and, and it, it works um yeah so yeah i was nodding a lot while you were talking sam and i was shaking yeah. my head while matt was talking so we'll just you know I just, Matt's right. i guess my my quick question about it is we've, we've listened to a lot of albums that were, would be maybe not exactly the same but are related in the same mm. kind of sphere and i i just i don't think it's better than those I think it's so clearly better than those. I think Name one. every single song on this is would be the best song on one of those albums. It's also got more variation than a lot yeah. of them, I think. I think like the fact that the three of them do do their own styles a little bit, but I think if you think of like name one of the albums that it's not better than that. Oh, I don't know. We've covered tons. <laughs> You're asking me to do a memory game now. <laughs> well, let's go for one of the nearest, most recent ones we talked about, Gracie Abrams. We all kind of liked mm. it, but right every song is is pretty similar it's just you know you here you've got that switch between emily i'm sorry twenty dollars um leonard cohen they don't sound the same but they sound like they belong together and i think that's the difference for me is it's the album works because it's got more variation than a lot of albums yeah. in this genre that's that's what that's works fair. for me anyway i i can see that i can see that and i can see that point but still <laughs> nah. that's fine nah. that's fine you don't have to love it mate but i feel cool. for you Right, let's do something else. Um, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll start us off. I'll talk about, um, let's talk about Lancome. Okay. Um, and so, so this, this this album, I found kind of, I, I went back and forward, forwards with it quite a lot. It's this like very stark folk music. Feels a lot of the time like I'm watching some weird indie horror movie <laughs> um, because it is like 
interesting but like disconcerting a lot of the time mm-hmm. um and then like their voice is really interesting and powerful as well but then other times it was switched to something that was just like very very like straight straight on i don't know like irish folk music and i found that kind of switching between the two a little bit um hard to deal with because that really isn't my bag as much um i also found it like the way the the music was kind of layered together it all sounded very like muddy almost none of it was very clear um and so i found it kind of yeah i found it generally quite confusing and i because <laughs> i really liked the drama they did drama really really well and it's just the the areas where there wasn't drama where mm. it was just like um they kind of sat back a little bit they weren't trying to like weird you out or take you on like a really epic journey um in the, those moments, it all just felt too dense and, like I said, muddy and unclear. Um, yeah, so I, considering it's an album that's an hour and ten minutes, I, I don't think it earned that at all, and I don't think it earned a lot of its playtime. Um, but there's there's some cool stuff in here. Can can I ask you something about it, Matt? Is it is this the one that you were thinking of for the atmospheric question? Is that is this the one that sort no. of I, no, I we'll, we'll talk about the playlist as a whole, but I, I found mm. a lot of this uh, playlist very atmospheric. Okay. Should, who, who do you want to go to for Lanka? Um, um, let's go to uh, Sam. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure we've covered anything that's like as traditional as this before in kind yeah. of this arena. I think a lot of what we end up doing is kind of like more like alternative folk. And this is mm. this is like where it's like more like Americana roots type music. And this is just like genuine folk music that could be from any year ever. Um, (laughs) And I feel like that's kind of what made me struggle to get on board with it as an album overall, because I think there's some really interesting moments. I think like the the way that they use like drones and kind of things on, on that opening track um, go yeah. dig my grave. I, th- I think is really interesting. There's a like really earthy tone to everything. Um, but I, I would sit there and I'd be listening to it. And I'm like, how is this a current release and a new release? This is it, it. When I'm listening to music, a lot of the time, if it recalls something that's like an older kind of style or something, or makes me think of that, I at least want some fresh take on it or some kind of to do it completely as expected is a bit boring to me and i i, I found it next to next to the other album the, the um model under model orchestra album which i feel like recalled an earlier time but in an in a fresh way this just felt like very straight down the line these are folk songs and i think it i i struggled to really get into it and i I don't feel like the album gave me back very much of the work that i had to put in um so yeah i i I can't say i was like enthralled listening to this i mean the other thing for me is that i didn't find the vocals very like entrancing or enchanting and I, i feel like that's kind of the point of this whole thing it felt like the vocals on these songs were meant to be this real like focus point and i just didn't get that so then i feel like that lost me it's very hard to get back on board um yeah okay yeah i just did you look at the album art as well because talking about uh the it feeling dated um yeah, yeah the i was album like cover I... is like <laughs> What is this band? It's very like. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a like a nineties metal band Mm. or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So I didn't. It's not the album I expected. Yeah, yeah, same for sure. Yeah. All right, I'll jump in. I mean, I just want to like say to 
start off that the idea that this is like straight down the line folk is, is fucking insane to me. Um, but I think that's probably because, I don't know, I imagine I listen to a lot more sort of traditional folk music than either of you do. Um, and, and this album for yeah. me was absolutely fascinating. Um, I've been hearing, I've heard about Lancome for years. They're a band that a lot of people who are into folk talk about, and they were a very, very traditional Irish folk band. They do a lot of covers of traditional songs, like Go Dig My Grave is, is a song that's been covered by millions of people down the years, um, originally called The Butcher Boy, I think. Um, but this, um, the the level of like experiment experimental elements and on this album compared to most folk is is, is really out there. Um I've never I've not really heard an album like this before and I listen to a lot of this kind of music. It's kind of it crosses industrial music and folk music in a way that I've never heard before. Like the big sprawling droning songs that just grow and grow. Like they, they really they, I found them really intense. Um, and I think maybe like because maybe because I've while I was listening to you both maybe because I've got more of a a grounding in this genre I was more able to immediately listen to it closely and then like to notice things because I the idea that it's not that it's just straight down the line just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, like I found it to be one of the heaviest albums that we've covered in a long time. Like I think if you think you know the band The Swans to me it felt mm. like if they made a folk album. Um, it's heavier than any of the rock albums we've covered in any of those fucking no personality rock albums that Matt likes, Matt likes to pick. It's heavier than any of them. It's heavier than pigs, pigs, pigs in my mind. Like it feels really heavy. Um, and then you get a song like master Crowley's, which when you're talking about the traditional folk, yeah, that's like a song you'd hear at Kaylee, but then it, as it ends, it just ends with all these drones and like this collapsing wheezy sound. It's just fucking, I just found it fascinating. Um, and then I think they do the beautiful moments really well too. I think clear clear away in the morning, on a Monday morning, and particularly Newcastle are like really gorgeous acoustic ballads, but with some really dark moments as well. Um, so yeah, it felt like there was loads of really disparate elements. I thought it was one of the most atmospheric albums I've heard in a long time, so I was sure that was going to be the answer to the first question. Um, but I feel like even though it was really disparate, it came together really well. Um yeah, I, I talk about I've talked about the opening the opener a bit already, but I just I absolutely love that version of this song. I think it's really haunting, and I think it sounds incredibly fresh compared to a lot of the other versions of that song. And I'm surprised neither of you have. Um, I really expected, even if you liked the album, that you'd both be moaning about the 12 minute closer song turn. I was waiting for that, but um, I think that song is absolutely fantastic, and I think it's like the perfect encapsulation of how <laughs> weird this album actually is. Um, and I, I think it's a really weird, interesting, fascinating album. I loved it. Um, the gig at Band on the Wall sold out in 12 seconds, apparently, um, which is very upsetting to me. I'm currently on the waiting list and hoping to see them this coming Thursday. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I loved it. Um, and I didn't expect either of you to like it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not too shocked. But I thought you'd like I thought, I thought you'd just like it for different reasons to the reasons that you have not really been that bothered about it. You both found it quite boring. I thought you'd find it quite um, overwhelming and, and weird, but you, you both saw the opposite, really. So weird. Yeah, reasons, I, but, yeah. I liked the weird stuff. It was yeah. the straightforward. Because at no point, I think it's straightforward folk. I just think there's moments which are yeah. just like, there's a lot it's, of moments where it just chills out. It's like, nah. that's what's interesting. It's like they're doing all this droney stuff and then and this weird experimental stuff and then they, they're doing the folk covers and, and they mix that well, yeah. I think. But, but yeah, I, 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 I think you have to be into this genre I, as a whole. I yeah, think. yeah. Because yeah. if those moments of respite are moments you don't like, then like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah no, yeah, no shocks there for me. Well, yeah. shocks, but yeah, you know what I mean. I'm shocked for the reasons. <laughs> But I'm not shocked that you didn't like it. <laughs> okay. Anyway. How about, Fran, as you also have more grounding in this uh, genre, do you reckon you can get a start started with Augustus Pablo? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I will. It's, it's, it's a bit, I'm a bit sad about it um, because I've wanted for ages to for someone to pick like a double reggae classic and I thought about doing it myself but and because I know a lot of them I, I wasn't sure what to pick and then I was really glad when you picked this I was quite excited I know King Tubby who uh, this this is an Augustus Augustus Pablo album but with King Tubby I know a lot yeah. of King Tubby um, collaborations that I really like 
I didn't like this. <laughs> um, it really disappointed me. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't listened to this kind of music in any great detail for the last decade or so, really. It's like it was a very much a family. We listened to this kind of music a lot at home. Um, you know, more more often reggae than dubs, and more often a lot more vocals than this has. Um, but I was really looking forward to this sort of mix of nostalgia, and also you picked a classic from a, a genre that I know really well, but it was one that I didn't know, so that was exciting. But it it just felt meandering. It felt really samey, and there'll be people who would say that dub music does meander, and that dub music is samey a lot of the time, um, and that there's some truth in that. Um, but there is a lot of dub music. There's a lot more engaging than this for me. I feel like there's moments when it threatens to get in the mood a bit more. I think like um, one dub, for example. Um, and that, I think there are times, this comes back, Sam said this about some albums in the past, you know, this may be if I was at a festival at 3am or on, on a beach with a beer, um, I would feel very differently about it and I'd probably really get into the sound, but trying to work at my desk or trying to cook dinner with a screaming child waiting for me to feed her it, it, it just couldn't it just didn't grab me so for the purposes of critiquing it as a picky bastard it, it just it left me a bit un, uninspired and a bit bored um you know it never sounds unpleasant there's technically nothing wrong with it but it's just not very exciting um and that's kind of where i finished on it so yeah not me giving much knowledge of the genre there just a bit bored <laughs> sorry <laughs> That's okay. Do you do you? Um, we'll go to Sam then. How, how are you yep. feeling, Sam? Um, I I kind of I, I get everything Fran's saying there. I found this so difficult to treat as like an album because it's kind of like comparing like like vibes to an album. Like <laughs> that's what this this is. It's just a series of of kind of the same sort of vibe over and over again, and I. I it feels like the foundation of something else. It, it feels like it never actually gets going. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what the sort of thing that you're saying where yeah, it, it does, it has this effortless quality to it of these are just happening. These songs are just happening. They're happening somewhere and <laughs> they're feeling it, but no one's kind of joined in yet. And it, it kind of <laughs> felt like it was missing that bit where it's like, it's it's kind of just all sorts of blends into this one thing, which which it kind of is that. It, it, to me, it felt like a kind of foundation album of like that you would sample on things, and maybe that's just because of the way that I feel like I've consumed this sort of sound more than probably Fran has, mm. in the sense of as in I I that's how I relate to this, um, that I'm kind of waiting for it to kind of go into something else. Um, or be like remixed into something. It kind of feels like the foundation bit. Um, so did I? Do I hate it when it's on? No, but like I, I, I wouldn't put it on. I wouldn't listen to this actively again. Mm. Um, it was just kind of there, and and uh, good vibes. But like, <laughs> good vibes doesn't make a good album. Um, yeah, yeah. That's uh. As to pick up on where where you left off, like vibes is something I haven't I haven't said yet, but it's something I wrote throughout uh, a lot of albums in this playlist. I felt like a lot of albums in this playlist had vibes throughout, um, none more. I feel like than... vibes is becoming the word of this podcast as a whole. Like I yeah. feel like every episode now, it's at some point, you two just say vibes again and again. Um, anyway, carry on but with it... your vibes. But it, it, it like a lot. Well, I'll, I'll talk more about it in the context of the playlist later. But this, it very much felt like something you'd put on in the background, and it would be a good time, and no one would, everyone would be happy about it. Um, but it's not demanding your attention most of the time. Um, but yeah, I find it like also to, to, to go on from something Sam was said. You expect to hear this remix, like, um, or, or sampled into something, and like reading a little bit about this. Like this guy, Augustus Pablo, is like known for his melodica and like how he brought that in. And mm. I just like it felt like entire sections were just lifted into early gorillas, which <laughs> like mm. the the whole the whole debut album is like pretty dubby and it has melodica as one of the main like instruments in it. 
And I'm just like, that, that is, <laughs> it just felt so cheeky. Um, but you, I can see, it was nice to be able to see like how much influence this has in like, cause then gorillas became super influential. Right. And, and it just snowballs from there. And also artists, like when we had the like mod revival and like, scar revival and artists like dead sixties, mm-hmm. that kind of dub feeling was just, uh, again, it just felt like so much of it was uh, lifted from what, what I was listening to in this album. And so it was nice to nice to be able to hear hear that within context. And um, I did think some of the songs were like particularly like the title track is a, is definitely a like a standout moment within within the album, because um, it's a bit more dynamic, and you have kind of it felt at moments almost like sci fi esque with like these shooting sounds reverberating past you, um, and the kind of vocals. It was one of the few songs that actually had some vocals and they were kind of reverberating around. Um, but yeah, as an album as a whole, I, yeah, I don't think I can add that much more. It It, it, it isn't something that's going to actively grab your attention and be like, you, you need to listen to me or get stuck in your head too much. Um, but it was, yeah, good vibes. I think one of the things to say about it, just as a, like, on your point, I hate, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the word vibes. You might be getting that. But um but like I suppose a lot of this music in this era um was for was for sound system parties in Jamaica and it was kind of never really meant in some ways to be consumed in the way that we consume albums. Um so I think there is that to always keep in mind with this kind of music is that it was probably usually for that this is gonna be people listening to this while they're partying, um getting together eating together, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's always worth bearing that in mind. And maybe that's, you know, the way we consume albums, particularly when we're critiquing them in this way, it doesn't suit. But even said that there are albums of this genre that would have, that grabbed me more than this still. But I think it's, yeah, it's just worth bearing in mind, I suppose. Yeah. We'll just have to do another dub album sometime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe one you like. Yeah. I could pick yeah. one for why I love at some point, maybe. But, yeah. Um, We'll see. Yeah. Cool. Right. We have one left. Um, Sam, do you want to get us started on Daniel Caesar? Yeah. Um, my I my only previous kind of knowledge of Daniel Caesar has been like his like collaborations and stuff. Um, and this album kind of like aligned with exactly what my expectations were with that. It, it's it's very much that same brand of like R and B that like her and like give on and are kind of going for right now it's very smooth very kind of airy um but kind of has each of the songs kind of blends into one um i i think his voice is like is enjoyable throughout i think um on songs like always and cool but i think sometimes the rest of the song can feel so sparse and empty that there's like not really anything else to grab onto as a listener. Um, I, I think in general, it gives me that same feeling that like more recent Frank Ocean does where it's as if it's meant to be more than it is. Like it, it's, it has all of the elements there that should be this really kind of like, enjoyable moment and this really good take on like R&B music and there's just something missing there's so, there's some element that's missing there um for me to engage with it really on like a personal level um i think there's a few like standout moments i think do you like me is is good um i think that song homosexual which is the worst song name ever um, <laughs> I think I really enjoyed that, but I think that was just because I like Ty Dolla Sign, and I I don't know why I yeah. admitted that I like Ty Dolla Sign. No. Um, but I I think on that song they they blend the voices go really well together, and it's like it feels like there's personality. Um, but yeah, I think there's just not enough. There's there's mm. not enough on Never Enough. That's that's it. <laughs> it's not terrible, but it's it just it's felt like lifeless to me. Um, yeah. It wasn't quite there. It didn't grab me. 
Yeah. Um, I think so, yeah. This this was the sparse album, Fran. This, okay. <laughs> this this yeah. album doesn't really have much going on at all. Um I think like not really like what sparse means, saying, but yeah. Dictionary, dictionary definition. It's um, it, it doesn't have like layers really. It doesn't have uh it's not dense like the opposite of sparse is dense. It doesn't feel dense. <laughs> yeah. Um like we haven't really cut co- I feel like we haven't covered an R and B album like this in a while. Um the the kind of like post Frank Ocean wannabe kind of uh album that maybe takes it somewhere new. But this I feel like it doesn't take it somewhere new, like like uh, Sam, Sam, Sam was, I think, alluding to it. It feels like cool, but it, like, actually, is it that cool? I don't know. Mm. It feels like he thinks he's cool. Um, there, were, yeah, there were moments I liked. Opening track, the way he manipulated his voice to add additional gravitas to it was, I thought, interesting. But I feel like that was the only moment where he had any kind of charisma or charm. Um, and most of the time, it just felt drowsy and uh not not super interested um i think some of the some of these i like i'm not big into ballads and ironically the ballads were maybe his best mm. best they kind of almost almost like erred into cheesy ballad territory but i think they just about stayed out of that and so songs like valentina were pretty good but uh, yeah i was pretty disappointed uh, like I haven't heard of this guy before, but I feel like we've covered some really interesting like uh, R and B in the past, and this is not not one of those albums. And um, so, I'm yeah, I'm curious, Fran. Did you do you find anything that you liked within it? Obviously, you no. think it's uh... no, <laughs> okay. <I don't. laughs> no, um, no. Uh, I could stop there. Um, yeah. You know, the thing, the first thing that really frustrated me about this album was that yeah. I always put the playlist together. And when I put the yeah. playlist together, this came up as hip hop. So I was like, ah, that's good. I've not heard of this guy. We're going to get a hip hop album on this list. That's yeah. good. It's not hip hop. Um, <laughs> so that annoyed me. I, I spoke, I, my one liner for this album would be boring, ploddy, and sometimes hysterically bad. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a shame because there are some ingredients there. You've both mentioned there's some ingredients to be, be a decent album. You know, he's good at a miserable love song. And there are two of those, Valentino and Let Me Go. I think he shows a decent voice, shows that he can write a pretty miserable love song. Um, but then other than that, the album's all over the place. Um, that fucking always is like a Disney princess moment mixed with the very worst Michael Jackson song ever. It's it's really bad. Do You Like Me that Sam mentioned is just cheesy garbage. Um, homosexual, there's quite a lot of misogyny on it, but, you know, I mean, let's, let's just forget about that because the album's too bad to care um and then lyrics on the song like vince van gogh there's a lyric that he says used to be ugly now i'm a handsome charles manson wrapped in a snuggie what does that mean why is he singing it um but so far i've sounded like i felt strongly about this album and i hated it but i didn't really it just annoyed me i just found it very surface level and uninteresting it was like we've listened to quite a lot of albums where they try and mix genres a bit and i feel like there was an effort to do that, but it, not in an exciting way. And it's 54 minutes of a man with no emotion in his voice singing boring songs. I don't understand how he's got 20 million monthly Spotify listeners. That just it'll, it's, it's, it will be, I would say, like 19.5 million of those are just listening to that song with Justin Bieber. Peach. Okay, I didn't know there was a Bieber song. That makes a bit <laughs> so, more sense. No shade okay. to Daniel Caesar. Sorry. That yeah, no, lots well, of shade to him. It's a bad well, entry. Yeah. Um, yeah, by far the worst on this list. Um, didn't like it. Okay. So <laughs> as we're talking about the list, it's the worst on the yeah. list. How, how else do we feel about the list then? You want to, What do you reckon? Do you want me to? Yeah, um, yeah go for it. Yeah, it was a weird one really because after coming off that run of pretty poor playlists and then one that we all seemed to like last time, I thought there was two really really good albums on this playlist and then the rest went from meh to bad so it was a weird one because it wasn't the two albums kind of held it up for me i was happy listening to boy jesus and boy genius and lancome all month but i could have skipped the rest 
um, rather than one or two songs off Unknown Mortal Orchestra. So yeah, mm. middling. Um, middling, middling. Sam, middling but held up. Yeah, the honest. the playlist was just quite long and sort of slog <laughs> to get through, and was just helped by the fact that there's an incredibly good album in the middle of it and. Mm. I don't think it saved the whole thing, even though I think that album's amazing. Um, I, yeah, I found this month quite difficult to get the energy to actually make it through <laughs> from start to end. So I just yeah. skip to the while of playlist instead. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've, I have similar feelings. I, I think, um, despite me being horrible about it, a lot of that. Horribleness was quite disappointed, um, and it's probably still the best album on the list. <laughs> mm. And I did find that, like, I'll go back to my word vibes, Fran. You can close your ears for a second. Yeah. It feels like every every album was just like background music, mostly, or music you'd put on. It like worked really well. Like when I'll go walk around in the sunshine, I'll be like, oh, I can pick an album from this you list. Lankerman is background music, but yeah, well, <laughs> Lankerman was its own weird. I don't yeah. know. It's, ba- it's good background music if you're doing something scary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, that's that's a great. I, I would put that on my album if I was Lankerman. I yeah. put that on the notes. That's a great one-liner. I love it. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, so broadly, middle in, not 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 that great, but there's a few gems, maybe, depending on who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, well summed cool. up, mate. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll we'll switch focus to what was clearly the best thing on on this whole whole thing, and that was uh, my playlist for Fatboy Slim. Um, and so recently, uh, both of you guys have been talking about uh, artists that mean something both individually to you, but also through who they're associated with uh, in in your lives. And Mm. so Fatboy Slim is is someone I really enjoy, um, but the the reason I'm so into them is really through my brother. Um, He had only two real musical interests when he was growing up, (laughs) and that was Avril Lavigne, which I didn't really connect on, (laughs) and Fatboy Slim. (laughs) And it kind of spread from him to the, the whole family and he was he was obviously the one driving it but there's so many times i remember either um us sitting around playing board games and he'd, he'd put on uh put on one of the albums or we'll be driving into brighton and it's sunny outside and there's kind of big beats we've got playing on the car stereo um and it it felt his music is very synonymous with like good vibes and it's also uh, very synonymous with like where where I grew up as well because he is uh, like a Brighton guy. He is when you have musicians that are associated with cities. He's he is like the one you think of for for Brighton at least. Uh, not that I'm from Brighton, but I live right next to Brighton. He's he's the guy. Um, he's associated with like the football club as well. He's like similar to the, the Gallagher's and Manchester City. Mm. They're associated with Manchester. They're associated with the football club. Um, and so, like, I'd always be going to the football and before before kickoff, right here, right now, would always play beforehand. And he'd be in the stadium. He's, like, one of the owners. So he'd be in the stadium. He's been there since we were in, like, a crappy little stadium. Um, and so he's been, th- been through it as well. And so he always had this kind of weirdo energy to him, but all, all the time it's about something that um, we normally say is a negative, but it's about the superficial, but it's about having a good, good time um, and, and feeling good and being like, uh, yeah, going, going out. Um, and so um, he's, he's someone that really felt, very tapped into like where where I grew up and and specifically would carry carry me around all the time through my brother who was just ob- obsessed and it grad- gradually it spread out into some of the, some other like electronic artists but it's always even now I'll go back Fatboy Slim Fatboy Slim is is the CD that they still have set like all all of his CDs um, and then I guess last beyond uh, like him being like an icon. Um, 
is one of my most memorable music experiences was as a child going to something that's being covered a lot uh, at the moment regarding Fatboy Slim is the Beach Boutique. Uh, my dad used to work in Brighton, directly facing the uh, where the Beach Boutique was. And so for those of you who don't know, it's a free concert that was on the beach and they expected like 10,000 people to show up and it was considerably more it's uh, it's the largest amount of people i've ever seen in my life in one place um (laughs) it was it was like a mile of beach and it was solid with people um and then that was spreading out into the main roads i remember we were walking up before before it was started and i remember the chaos i remember all the people around and everyone was so like excited and then getting down to the shorefront and just the sheer scale of people. Um, but everyone was so happy and everyone was having such a like fun time. Um, and then we like met up with my dad and we f- figured out somewhere that we can like sit and watch the show, which meant we had to go all the way around behind the stage <laughs> where there were still hundreds and thousands of people, but it was just the only way that place there was any space. Um, and just the kind of the scale of like the joy and the enthusiasm um, for hours during the set and the way he'd interact with the crowd, he'd write little notes on record sleeves because um, he doesn't talk, he's DJing the entire time. Um, it was really like playful and I think uh, spoke to like how he is as a person. Um, and so, yeah, we have this playlist and it, I think it's, it's fun and like I try to include like a variety of different um, of his styles. Some of his more just straightforward big beat stuff, but also some of the, like the more poppier songs that you probably all know. And this is just like a small part of what he does, right? He's he's mostly a DJ, and there's all the famous remixes he do, he's also done. But I, I thought there was more than enough to just stick into uh, these tracks here. Um, but yeah, all in all, I think it's like feel-good songs, great hooks, great samples, and undi- undeniably catchy. So hopefully you at least like some of them. We'll see. Who do you want to go to? Um, let's start with Sam. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have such vivid memories of these songs as well. Like The first album especially was like heavy rotation in our house. Um, mm. and my mum is like really into dance music. And at this point when that first album came out, um, would listen to it all the time, um, and was really into it. So I, I, it, it was played in our house a lot. Um, and I, I just think this is just and front to back, just absolute bangers and so fun and enjoyable and such a blast to listen to i think the timing of doing this just as the weather's starting to improve a bit here meant that i was like walking around like yesterday and i had weapon of choice playing and i was like nice. this is amazing this is the same <laughs> playlist of me being able to do this and have the playlist on and have this feel this good um yeah i i find him fascinating as like a dance artist though because i don't feel like he is like he's a dj and yet these records he pulls from so many different places and so many genres the end result is usually not even dance music so like a lot of these songs sort of become their own thing and and fall into the genre that they're originally pulling from but then he can pull out a killer remix of that same song and and flip it again um and i feel like that's where his like influence is so massive on the whole scene i think um you wouldn't hear most of the music that has kind of come from come from the uk especially um in in kind of dance and sample heavy music it's without these tracks i think um yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it was great. And um, yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure. It's an interesting point that you make that it isn't very dancey because it, it isn't. It's it's no. like it's weird that I, I forget who the artist is, the pop 
pop artist that's done a cover or a remix of Praise You. Oh, uh, oh. is it Dua Lipa? No, it's Rita Ora. Rita yeah. Ora. It's and that, not, not that's great. far more dancey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do, so you need a dance remix of this song that's like a dance classic. And it's like, yeah. it's not a dance record. Like, it's just not. Yeah. But it, but it goes off if you play that as a DJ. Like, it, yeah. it's just, it's fascinating to me. Um, yeah, it's, it's, he's so, he's about giving people a good time. Like, whatever the genre, whatever the, the path to that point it's still trying to achieve that same goal um which yeah that it must be amazing to see um like live and stuff yeah fran yeah so um so it's, it's quite interesting listening to you both actually because i kind of i'd written my notes and um i i, I hadn't really thought about the fact that i i've seen fat boy slim many times because it was the era when I was going to an awful lot of festivals. Yeah. Um, particularly when the first couple of albums, or at least the first, I, I don't know if they are the first albums, but um, the first ones I knew, the ones with right here, right now, and um, Praise yeah. You, and then the, the follow-up. I don't know if they are the first ones, but yeah, I remember seeing seeing him close out a lot of sets, seeing him at Glastonbury, seeing him at V, seeing him with in some big like Oasis gigs and, and all that kind of thing, and and always loving it always really enjoying it but but probably i would say largely because i was probably totally off my tits um probably you know and, and that's not to say for in those situations and picturing you talk about the gig in brighton i, I that is what this music's for right and that's that yeah. would be really enjoyable and, and and i think definitely he needs he deserves recognition for that if i'm being honest about listening to the playlist this last month it, it wasn't my favourite. <laughs> it was a little tough <laughs> for me at times. And I'll, I'll be honest about why, I think, because um, you're going to laugh at me and probably point out Porridge Radio when I say this, but he's very into repetition. Um, oh, yeah. Very into repetition. That's the and, whole point. And on an, an occasion, I find it to just sit and listen to and, and keep him, you know what I'm like with dance music anyway, to sit and listen to, I find that a little bit irritating and um some of the songs that i have liked previously like right here right now did great on me a little bit um that said there are exceptions i still think praise you is a great song and i think what you're both talking about there about it not really being a dance song you know the video sums that up doesn't it um it's not a song that you can dance to normally but um and weapon weapon of choice is great and i think the reason those two stand out for me is like they are reliant on repetition but the samples that they use are from genres that are more my thing um so yeah, and I, the other thing that I just on that note of repetition is that a lot of the dance music that I do like, we know it's not really my genre, but a lot that I do like still has a really lyrical through line and is still storytelling, and and that's not really what this music's about. So yeah, it wasn't my favorite playlist, um, but just listening to you both talk about it then has reminded me of when I did really enjoy seeing him live and when I, I was at parties as a teenager listening to him so i've actually ended up feeling more positive than than i might have done but um but yeah nice. that's kind of where i land but i don't think you would expect yeah. me to be the biggest fat boy slim fan no, in the world. Um, no. but i do admire him but, yeah. and i do think yeah they, the, all that stuff you said about the energy and the personality is absolutely there um but yeah yeah Just i would not sat dancing at work if if you want if you want something this is slightly different but if you want to uh, watch something funny the whole the whole of the original uh, beach boutique uh, uh, like the original live recording is up on his youtube and okay. including the early 2000s editing which is uh <laughs> it's, it's very bizarre it's very very bizarre but it's it's fun and he also you like say, it's... including me. I thought you were going to tell me you were including you. Were you there? Then. No, you. No, you. No, oh, you no, as in no. me as in you. No, um... I wasn't. Well, I didn't. <laughs> to be honest, I um, I could be there, but I don't think so. I was quite a lot a of people away. to look through. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, that's us. Mm. Um. So, uh, I guess we got to talk about next time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So next time, um, 
we have who's hosting i forgot i'm hosting sam, next time. Yeah, sam, sam is next hosting time. so what are you bringing us sam um i am picking the classic uh, little earthquakes by tori amos and i'm doing nice. a why i love of madonna oh yes yeah yeah, yeah. great nice, and fran what nice. do you pick so I picked two new releases, or recent releases. One is Nails by Benefits, and the other is Why Does the Earth Give Us People to Love by Cara Jackson. I'm not a big cool. fan of that title, but <laughs> I've heard good things about the album. So, well, yeah, we'll have to hold judgment. Um, and I picked two new releases as well, and so I have um, the album Silvery Haze by the artist Squirrel. And the album uh, Phase Luna by the artist L.A. Priest. So uh, also some dodgy names are in there as well. Um, cool. Well, we're all done. We're, we, um, If you want to hear more of us, you should go to pickybees.com. There's a, we are refurbishing the website at the moment, which so that will be done soon. And it will be very exciting. So you should definitely go check that, check that out. But don't um, go to pickybees.com uh, right now unless... I don't know when you're listening. If it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, just do it. Go to it. If it's a mess, just you know why. Yeah. yeah. If, if it's a mess, you know just, why. Just go <laughs> and just go every day, and then when it starts yeah. to really, really feel great, that means you know we're done. Yeah. Um, if it's and if you're down, still not sure, then the refurb is still to come. <laughs> yeah, we just sold that really well, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. All done. See you guys. Bye. Nothing, See you next time, everyone. <laughs>